this is Justin Haley driving the number 31 College Racing Chevrolet in the NASCAR Cup Series. Hey guys, this is Sheldon Creed, driver of the number two wheel in Chevrolet for RCI Race. Hey everybody, this is Adam Alexander from NASCAR on Fox. This is Sam Air. You're listening to the You're listening to the Front Stretch Podcast with Brian and Brian Moore. This is the week of February the 28th, 2023, and watch out, because Rowdy Bush has already got his first win of the season, and he could be coming for more very, very quickly. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Front Stretch Podcast with Brian Owen, yours truly, with you guys here on this week's edition of the program. We've got a good one for you guys. Chris Rice, teased it a little bit last week, but we're going to be diving into it even more. Chris Rice is was with Dalton Hopkins in Daytona, a lengthy interview, but it was a good one. So we thought, hey, let's just play it on the podcast. It was very, very insightful. He talked about his Xfinity program with A.J. Allmendinger, leaving them and going to their Cup Series field. Um, and then we talked about, the, the, I, I should say we, they talked about them getting Kyle Busch, having that 10 car as, a, as basically an all-star car. We'll get his take on all of that and more last but not least last week we warned jack swansea of the impending weather and well his compadre and steven stump was with him and unfortunately the the just downright icky weather did arrive and it was treacherous all day on saturday but hey doubleheader sunday we're gonna dive it all with mr steven stump so enough with me rambling let's just dive on into this green flag and get things started Buggity, buggity, buggity! Let's go racing, boys! Green flag is out. Green flag is out. I'm going to bring in the program a guy that was at Auto Club Speedway for the final time ever in this configuration. Mr. Steven Stump. Steven, I've been to Fontana. I think this, that's been the most, the uh, number of tracks, the a most amount of number of one track that I've been to, you know, if I can actually, you know, talk, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> with that being four times, it, I love it. It's such a old historic racetrack. So first off, thanks for coming on, buddy. Second off, what did you think of the racetrack? Um, I don't know if it's that historic considering that or old because it was uh, built in 1997, but yes, it was a very fun time. The just, just looking in the infield, it's just so, it was so big. The pavement was so worn out. Obviously, we saw a great race this weekend. I mean, and the weather stayed away just enough, just enough for to get both in Sunday because Saturday it was more than just treacherous. We had ton, we had rain nonstop, and we even had snow in the racetrack in California, in Southern California of all places. Snow, incredible. But yes, it was it was a fun experience. We um we we ended this chapter of Auto Club with a great two great races. But also, it's a bit of a somber time because this is a, dr a driver's favorite, a fan favorite track. And while the repave needed to happen, uh, there's going to be many people in the industry, including my myself included, that are going to miss this place. You say yourself included. Uh, I'll throw myself in there as well. I absolutely loved it. It was It's so fun. It is a driver's racetrack. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I'm going to miss it. I, I really am because unlike like the mile and a half cookie cutters it wasn't where it was just you can barely like pass everything this was three four five wide racing the backstretch you are basically on a jet ski because you are going through bumps galore it is fast it is 
just a driver's i know we keep saying it Stephen, but it's a driver's racetrack and um i i know we keep saying we want more short tracks we want more short tracks i want to have texas be a short track i don't want to have this fantastic track get demolished because we want something else yes we do want more short tracks Stephen, but we also want this track to remain the same and unfortunately that's not going to happen i don't feel like yeah, it's not. But at the same time, just wanting a short track isn't the reason why this is happening. There are 544 million reasons why it is happening, because that is the amount of money that the land in, that NASCAR sold in, on the property sold for. And so obviously, again, it needs to be repaved. Some sad to see it go. But from a financial standpoint, that's I understand why they did it. Now, you mentioned all the rain, the snow, qualifying out, practice out. They were on a brand new clean surface, so to speak. I mean, there's still sand and, and all the, the deb debris and everything. But, you know, um, no rubber on the racetrack. It didn't affect the racing. Beautiful racing all throughout. We had a, a huge incident, kind of like the California big one. Uh, they didn't collect Eric Amarillo, Christopher Bell, Ryan Priest, um, among others. Um, but when it was all said and done, we had a great long battle to the finish of green flag racing and kind of, it feels like kind of um, in the past, there's just one guy that dominates and it kind of felt like that once again. And that is the candy man, Mr. Rowdy. Uh, what was he calling himself? The Cushman now? Cause he has three chi on the car. Rowdy Bush for the first time since 2021, he's going to victory lane in a pavement track. Yes, folks. Last year he did win, but it was on a dirt track. Got to make that point. With that being said, Steven, incredible. I was totally wrong. I said RCR was going to struggle from the non-super speedway tracks. And you know what? Kyle Busch just gave me one big middle finger, my friend, because, my God, <laughs> he was two for basically three for three if we're counting the clash as well. Because he was contending there. He's on a roll this season. I mean, I also, in my columns, I had kind of – I was gunning on picking him for the win, which he did. I predicted the same amount of winners as I did all of last year already. But Love it, love it, I'm, love it. I'm not I'm not I'm not completely surprised. I mean, I was surprised that it did happen this early, but first of all, I think Randall Randall Burnett is a, um a great crew chief and I, I think a lot greater than people may give him credit for. His first season with Reddick was in 2019, the Xfinity series where he absolutely dominated. Then they were together in in Cup those 3 years. So I think the number 8 team's a really great team and obviously when you add a driver like Kyle Busch it's going to be it's already paying off results. And for example, Kyle Busch became just the fir the first driver since 20 Harvick in 2014 to win in his second start for a new team. Coincidentally, Harvick went on to win the championship that year. Oh. And also in regards to that is that Busch scored his 61st win um, once again, breaking the tie with Harvick for ninth all time. Up next is, is Earnhardt, and he's 16 away from passing him. And while I thought that may not have happened, if what what we keep seeing out of the eight car continues, he might have a chance at that. Yeah, and you you mentioned a great point about Randall Murdoch. You asked him a fantastic question about is this kind of a little bit of redemption? Let's play that little soundbite and uh give our listeners the back and forth between you and him uh steven stump of frontstretch.com uh randall the eight car dominated this race last year until the flat tire um does this win feel extra sweet knowing how good of a car you guys had last year yeah i mean uh, you know we we're that that one still stinks last year you know um felt like 
you know, we should have probably had our first swing with Tyler last year, and, and I'll take that on my shoulders. I was the one that, that made the air pressure adjustment and, and got too aggressive and got too greedy, and it cost us a race. And so you live and you learn. And my boss, all my bosses today, Richard, Andy, everybody, make sure you got enough air in the tires. And so we did that this week, and, and uh, you know, obviously Goodyear, you know, has, has worked on the tire. Didn't see really any issues today at all. Um, and, and this place is pretty extreme with as rough as it is and, and everything that the tire and the sidewall goes through. So, so hats off to them to, you know, be able to bring a, a durable tire for us and, and let us, you know, test the limits on it. Once again, that was Randall Burnett, crew chief of Kyle Bush, former crew chief of Tyler Reich from last year. And yeah, uh, he, 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 great answer great question first and all first off and um i do think it was a little bit of redemption like he said because i mean th- when he was battling with william byron and then they they i don't really really remember i feel like they just hit and then he cut a tire and then his day was done um but but he led a lot of last year's race and um sure kyle larson led, led a lot too it was it was shaping up to be a fantastic finish between the five and the uh, once again Tyler Reddick got sent to the garage area fairly early, but this guy didn't. Kyle Bush and well, he didn't really think that they can could, they could contend for race wins right away. Let's take a listen. Um, you know, truthfully, no. I felt like there was going to be a little bit of a learning experience, a little bit of a growth pattern, but also on the flip side of that, I, I always just kind of looked back and watched some of their results and and success that they had last year with with Austin. He ran second here last year, and and Reddick was super, super fast. And so uh, they were fast at the clash before they broke, the eight car was, you know. So um, it's just been really, really cool. And uh, it's been a great um, piece of, of, we're making history, right? But a great piece of opportunity to uh, go out there and continue to to win races at a new team with RCR. So I can't say enough about um, you know, Austin giving me a call first and foremost, but then, uh, you know, Richard and Judy giving me this opportunity to go out here and, and, and race for wins and um, thankful to be a part of our, our Lucas Oil Chevrolet team today. Once again, that was Kyle Busch. If he thought that they could contend for wins right away. Now, past couple of years, it's been Alex Bowman leading a lot of laps. Al Larson leading a lot of laps, uh, mixing in a little bit of uh, Eric Jones, Tyler Reddick, whatever. Um, it felt like at the very beginning of this race, Ross Chastain was going to win this race. Unfortunately, his tire, uh, the pit strategy just did not uh, come together as well as Kyle Busch, as well as Bush's car just handled a little bit better than that number one crew did. Third and a fourth for Trackhouse and Daniel Suarez finishing in fourth too. It looks like Team Trackhouse is not messing around whatsoever, Stephen. Fantastic result for them in the second race of the season. Third and fourth for Chastain and Mr. Suarez. Yeah, I mean, Trackhouse's 2022 season was unbelievable. And there might have been some questions like, are they kind of like a one-hit wonder? Are they going to keep the same pace that they had? But if uh, last week was any indication, uh, they're here to stay. Again, Chastain led almost half the race. He was looking like the favorite to win until his car just fell off in that final green flag run to Bush. Um, Suarez also looked great. He was running up front. He had a speeding penalty, and he drove all the way back, just like Bush and several other drivers did. And it was a, it was a great race, too, because if, if drivers lost ground, they could easily make it up. Like, Brad spun early and went a lap down. He finished seventh. Um, Truex had that wheel getaway. He was held for two laps, and he finished 11th. And then, as I said, Suarez and Bush uh, both came back from those speeding up, speeding on pit road. And then Chase Elliott 
who started 33rd because qualifying got rained out. He drove his way all the way up to second at the end. So in addition to having, in addition to being a great race with some passing, um, it, it felt like the, the best cars of the weekend finished there. I, I completely agree. And like you said, with Keselowski, um, coming back from the spin to finish in seventh fantastic there a couple other attaboys Corey LaJoy was involved in a couple of incidents he he rebounds to finish in 14th and then uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Uh, still coming off that Daytona 500 Mike Kelly um, last week said he, he want to run 10 to 12 every single week especially in the next two weeks and well he finished 12th. So Mike Kelly, that's a check mark for you. And maybe they can go three for three in the top 12s uh, this upcoming weekend in Las Vegas. Steven, stay right there, my friend. We're going to be diving into this interview that I conducted or that Dalton. I, I, I get I get in the, the zone of saying that I conducted, um, but I'm, we're going to play the interview that Dalton conducted with Chris Rice from Daytona right now. DonaldHumkinsOfFrontStretch.com, and I'm standing next to the president of Colic Racing, Chris Rice. Chris, you're on the ground every single race when it comes to Colic Racing, and it just you just seem like you have so much emotion, so much energy behind this team. I'm just going to start off with, can you tell me about what it's like working with Colic Racing compared to your veteran career, and how much of a tight-knit community this team seems to be? Yeah, well, thank you for asking me that, and thanks for noticing that. Uh, you know, Matt Collick gave me an uh, opportunity years ago to build a race team, and he's let me build it like I would want to build it with his help and learning the business and different things like that. And when you do that, you just get to do the things you love. And I, I, I do what I love every day, but I, I really put it all into our people. Um, you know, Daytona didn't go that well leading up to the Xfinity cars getting here, and I could have done a lot of things, but what I do is just build my people up and uh, our people up and, and try to explain that it's just it's not about the moment. It's about the what's happening. You know, the activity will make results if we get our activity up. And it's just every day I wake up, I think about colleague racing and, and how can we make it better, what can we do, what kind of people we can get in to make it better. And you just want to be successful, right? Like that's the things you want to do. We spent – so many years not being successful that people don't even realize. Um, I remember the day, you know, we, we came with Blake Cook down here and we was just glad to get here. It was the first time we started and then we ended up finishing ninth. But then we went on a streak of finishing like 24th. So, you know, those days uh, make you stronger and make you better when you do get successful and you get good people around you. But we're just so fortunate to have Matt Collick allowing me as a racer to build a race team and, and do the things we, we love. Can you tell me about what is Matt Collig like? I mean, he, he just, it, it just, for a lot of fans, it seems like he just kind of came right out of nowhere and just started immediately getting successful. Maybe not immediately, but after a few years, got immediately successful. Can you tell me what it's like working with him? Well, you know, it is it is immediate because in NASCAR, you don't do that, right? Like, you, you, you don't have the opportunity to just be very successful right off the rip, you know? So, he... Um, he, he is able, but he, he it is immediate because when you look at it as in like, um, it's a short period of time in NASCAR. Fastest team to win in Cup Series. Um, probably we won two back-to-back uh, championships, driver championships in the Xfinity Series regular season. So it is immediate. And, you know, that's just surrounding yourself with good people. He knows how to do that. He knows business. <clears throat> He's built a bunch of great, uh, companies and that that has been huge so those things just feeds into NASCAR right he teaches me and trains me on the business side of it and he is very aggressive on how he does his businesses 
all his businesses and you look on the side of the tin hauler and it's a lot of his businesses on the side of that but he uses those businesses in nascar because he knows it works we have analytics that shows that it works and things the way we do it works and uh He's successful in about everything he does. I, I don't know anything that I've dealt with him that he's not successful in. You know, not making a Daytona 500 with the 13 car is probably something that we'll look back on and, and understand. But we came down here with three Xfinity cars a couple of years ago. A.J. Allmendinger and Ross Chastain missed the race due to some some failures, parts failures, just like what we had with the 13. So those things is what makes us stronger. He knows how to use that and make us better. And uh, that's what's so unique about Matt Collick. He is just a, a great person and a great man to where we're best friends. We talk every day. We, we learn from our mistakes, and we move on. Yeah, let's talk about you for just a quick second. I, every time I watch a race with Colleg racing in it, you can step right over the wire, man. Jeez. Appreciate you. I'm going to stop <laughs> using this trailer. <laughs> it's all good. Working environment. Yeah. But, but let's talk about you for a second. So last night I was listening to the radio communications. It's like listening to a comedy show. Yeah. You, you have some of the best sound bites in NASCAR. What exactly is it that makes you just so cheerful about just doing your job? Yeah, well, you don't – I think NASCAR gets a bad rap a lot, right? We don't get to hear NFL players on the sideline. I was watching something last night when I got back, and, you know, they were showing the Super Bowl, and they were showing Mahomes and, and all the guys and girls from, uh, you know, the, the Eagles and the Chiefs. And, I mean, it's the biggest game of the year. And those guys are having fun on the sideline. You don't get to see that. In NASCAR, we're all serious. Everybody's always serious, and we get beat up. I've gotten beat up on social media so much about, you know, we make mistakes. How can you still have fun? Well, I mean, what do you want to do? You want to be miserable all the time? So you try to have as much fun as you can. Now, do you have to work on your problems, issues? Absolutely. So, you know, Chandler Smith, we didn't get to make a lap in qualifying. You know, first time he's ever drove one of those cars. So, like, the odds of making the race was going to be pretty tough. You know, sped on pit road at the end of pit road, and it's like, why beat him up in the moment? Why do that? Why not have a little fun with it, figure out what he might be doing bad or good so he could – actually put it into the Xfinity series and and you know you do that on a radio and the whole team and everybody the atmosphere is way different and they'll work really hard for you but it's super hard in competition to think about that you just think about the bad moments you know we'll win a race and I'm immediately thinking about how we're gonna win the next one you don't even live in a moment right like so what I say on the radio and I've always said this and and I don't mind it at all I'm gonna say to the public I won't it's nothing I'm gonna say on the radio that I'm scared of because NASCAR does a good job of having an app that everybody can listen. Every family member can listen. Everybody can listen. So um, I don't even think about it. I think I'm if, if it's you and I on the radio, I'm talking to you. I don't think about all the other people. And I go back and I look at all the Twitter stuff that's said. And it's cool because I stand behind it. If, if I say we, we suck as a group, I stand behind that because that's it's facts. It's not like I'm making it up. So I do that a lot because of our group and our people and I love for it to keep it light you shouldn't keep it as um, serious as we do sometimes because I want the world and I want the I want everybody to be NASCAR fans right like and and to be a NASCAR fan you need something funny you need something to have fun with and I, I if it's me I love having fun with it now let's talk about one some of your drivers AJ Allmendinger just seems to be one of the he, he seems to be like a perfect fit for this team he's the kind of guy that also gives great sound bites but He's the guy that just seems to always have a smile on his face no matter what's going on. 
What's it like working with him? You guys seem to have like a great relationship. We do because we trust each other, bad or good. Yes, he does have some great sound bites, just a little different than mine. And, you know, those are the one things you look back on in his career back in, in cup racing. And it was, you know, hey, don't make yourself that miserable. Don't do things to make yourself so miserable. And the what I look at with AJ is, is you just have to be honest with him. And I think sometimes, like, people haven't been honest with him. And he has to be honest with himself. And, and he's worked on that very hard. I, I feel like the end of the year last year, we, we kind of all lost composure in the Xfinity Series and because we didn't have all the speed that we needed. But you look back on our season, we had a 6.6 average finish, best in 18 years, you know. So we had a great year. We just didn't get the final goal, right, like making it to the final four, winning the championship. Uh, and it's that <laughs> – I always tell him this. The championship is not set up for college racing because we've never run good at Phoenix. It's set up for somebody else. If you look at it, it's time to move to something else to let somebody else win. You always look at it, it's the same people racing for the championship at Homestead. I'm at shoot, Listen, at Homestead, at Phoenix. So, we do have a great relationship because we're so honest with each other. We, we play golf together. We, uh, we do the things that we need to do to keep a family going. And then on the opposite end of that spectrum, there's Kyle Busch, who just joined the team for a few races. First off, have you gotten the chance to work with him at all? Uh, yes and no. Some things we went through last year we were working on. We worked a lot with Kyle and his team, and um, I've worked with Kyle and talked to Kyle probably more in the last month than I have. And, um, no, we brought him in just like we did A.J. Allmendinger to make us better because we know as college racing we got to keep getting better. We could sit here and – feel like we're fast and we're good but we know we need aj allmendinger justin haley kyle bush austin Dillon. we need these guys to make us better so that's why we brought him in and because when you get to the dash cash races and the, the finals eight races seven races eight races whoever sits in that car then we need to have a good notebook that they can go fast they can get in those cars and run fast because this car can win a championship you look at gibbs they've done it for so many years and it made them so good we lose sight of that, right? Like, people have lost sight of that. If we can do it with the 10 car, and, and you know, we were going to do it anyway with the 14 car, but the circumstances with sponsors and different things, it just ended up being the 10 car. So Kyle's going to make us good, but he's also going to make us uh, better, right? Like, and, and we're probably going to get embarrassed a little bit, and we're probably going to get our feelings hurt, which we're okay with. We just have to work through them and make ourselves better, and Kyle knows that. He knows it's – yeah, we might be going on eight years old, old, but it's still a, a work in progress, and he's here to help. In the past, there's been so much synergy with these with these teams, with these drivers. They always just seem to have like this camaraderie, so much so that it seems like they're willing to finish second behind whoever's in, behind their teammate who's in first, just for the sake of a colleague racing one-two. Right. Do you, based off your interactions with him, do you think Kyle Busch could do something like that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think Kyle is. Uh, I think Kyle's a different person than everybody thinks he is. I think if if we give team orders, you know, and and we say, hey, this is what we got to do, absolutely, because he would nothing rather to see a college racing car win or RCR car win because he knows he's part of it. Last night he's running or in the duels he's running, you know, first, just chilling along there. All our other cars haven't run that great, and he gets wrecked. You know, and, and he gets out of the car. The old Kyle Bush would have not even made an interview, right? Like, he would have not even had an interview last night. Had a great interview. I don't really know why he was pushing. It was no second line coming. I don't know if you watched that. And it was like, that's the new Kyle Bush, right? That's the Kyle Bush that everybody's been knowing that's in there. So he wants to make the team better. He knows that puts the team behind, 
because now they got to bring a whole new car down or put a whole new car together or whatever they got to do. And it's he don't want that. So he don't understand it, but he didn't do anything to make a meme, right? Now, you know, you look at all the memes where he went like this. He didn't do that. So I think that's the new Kyle Bush, and I think that's because of how he's composing himself and how the things he's went through trying to get contracts done and different things have helped him. So, yeah, I think team orders come down and says, hey, you know, you got to run second or you got not really run second, but you need to help your teammate. I feel like Kyle would do it. And then let's go back to last night again. <clears throat> Aside from Kyle Bush, let's talk about what happened from that. Or, well, actually, I'm sorry, the dual one. Chandler Smith didn't make it. You already mentioned it. What did you say to Chandler exactly? You said don't, don't beat him up in the moment. What did you say to him to kind of perk his spirits up and get ready for Saturday? Yeah, well, I told him before the race started that, you know, you can't go and think this night is defining your season or doing anything like that. This is just to learn and get better. We wanted you to make the Daytona 500. We took a chance with bringing a rookie down here that's never even shifted these cars. I mean, he's been in trucks. He's run three Xfinity races. We all took a chance. And and I do, truly believe Chandler Smith is the next superstar. Um, so you just can't we, – we talk about it on Monday. We'll go, okay, how could you have been better? What did you do? Why did you speed on pit road? We, as a group, Chevrolet, done a, a horrible job in, in strategy, and we didn't end up uh, – we wasn't going to make it anyway. But at the end of the day, what were the mistakes? What can you take from it? And you move on to the next one, right? Like, so you don't you don't just live and die off of one lap or one race. You try to figure out what makes it better. But the main thing you always tell him, because he's, he's still a young man. You know, he's 20 years old. Um, you have to tell him that that is not a defining season. Today and tomorrow – is what we're racing for, the Xfinity Championship, impressing everybody right here, and we'll take those races in the cup side and make those learning and trying to make you better. And another thing that came out of last year, Landon Castle was with the team. He's not full-time this year, and a lot of people say it's because of that sponsorship. Do you know exactly what happened with that? Oh, yeah, I know exactly what happened to it. <laughs> so, but, you know, Landon done us a great job. Landon was amazing. Landon's still a, 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 a friend and a colleague, and, and he's part of uh, – we would nothing else love to have Landon in the car right now. But, you know, this car, it has to have sponsorships just like everybody else's. I think sometimes people forget that. We have to have partners and we have to have people that, that will spend the money. And, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, you're going to run a fourth car. You can't run a car empty. You have to have partners. And hopefully down the road we can work with Landon again. Um, and because Landon did nothing wrong, he had a good he had a good year. Didn't have a great year. Had a good year. Team didn't have a great year, but I mean he had started hitting his own there at the end with you know some races there at the end, even finishing fourth at uh, at Phoenix. So you know if uh, if things work out well and Landon can get a, some sponsorship and different things, maybe Landon will be back in a college racing car. So it just it it is it is a bad situation when you when anything partners leave or you know, whatever economics change and stuff like that, because he did have a two-year deal. So uh, no hard feelings with Landon. Love Landon to death, and, and Landon's been nothing but upstanding to us and our whole organization. On the other end of that, there's a number 10 car now, and we have Kyle Busch that's going to be in in a few races, but do you know exactly what other drivers that are being looked at for that car? Oh, I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> can, can you really can you say any? <laughs> no, I can't say nothing yet because there's so much more to it than just telling the driver, right? Um you know, we got Justin Haley in it, Austin Dillon's driving it, A.J. Allmendinger's driving it, Kyle Busch is driving it, and uh, it's probably going to be a couple more that's going to be fun to 
fun to look at. And, you know, the Xfinity Series, I know we always look at, we don't want these cup guys over here. But I think, you know, you're going to put more people in the seats. You're going to have more people watching on TV to see what Justin Haley does here at Daytona. The dude's won a ton of races. And, um, you know, I think next week, Austin Dillon back in the car. You know, he's always been great at California. Everybody's going to be watching to see what he does. And then definitely when Kyle Busch shows up out of retirement from the Xfinity Series at Vegas, I'm sure it's going to be a ton of people watching. So, you know, we got to we got to uphold and do what we know we can do and um, put the people in the grandstands, put the people on the TV so it makes a, a great event for the fans. Because really, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. We love our fans. I'm going out uh, this afternoon, going to give some flags away to the – uh, give some stuff away. I told people on Twitter, if you don't follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you should, that if you was flying a college racing flag, I'll bring your shirt. So I know it's some, some in the infield and outfield that we're going to try to find and uh, give some stuff away. But we love our fans. We now have, at the racetrack, we have our own souvenir trailer. So that's cool in itself. And um, really excited about our 10 car, but super excited about the 16 with Chandler Smith. And you cannot forget Daniel Hemrick getting a champion. I think that dude's worked harder than anybody in the sport to be better this year, and he showed it at the first test, and I'm super excited about that. When it comes to the Cup Series, AJ going full-time, and then you have Justin Haley full-time for a second season. What are your expectations for that team, if any at all? Oh, it's definitely expectations. Last year I expected, you know, we'd be 25th. We exceeded that by a bunch. I, I want to say Justin Haley was somewhere right around 18th, and um, AJ was somewhere right around 14th when he ran it. Um, I'm looking to up that. I want to up that. I want to be contention. We've upped our pit crew situation by a bunch. Um, and, you know, I want to be able to look back on this season and say we made progression. You know, I mean, you can't go win against a big three, you know, Hendrick, RCR, Penske, I mean, more than that, SHR. Those guys are good, right? Like, they've been in business a long time. We've been in the Cup Series now one year. Um, and I think sometimes that gets overshadowed because we do run good at places, but we're going to make a lot of mistakes. You know, we're still hiring people. We've doubled our staff. Um, you know, we doubled our staff, and last night it doesn't even look like it, right? So you're going to have those issues, and if we can, if we can continue progression, uh, that is what we want to do. We want to make sure that everybody understands that this is a building deal. You ain't going to have them overnight, and we're going to have good races, but we're also going to have bad races. And hopefully we got them out of the way, but you just, you're going to have them. So that's, that's what we want to do. Justin Haley needs to keep getting better, the most underrated driver in NASCAR, and as he keeps getting better, that's what matters. One last kind of serious one. When you came back here in 2018, when you first got here in 2018, and you had Ryan Truex in the car, did you ever expect the team to grow as much as it has and be as successful as it has? No, because when Ryan Truex got in the car, we didn't even have a top five. You know, if you think about that, we had two years, we didn't even have a top five. Had some top tens. I remember when Ryan got in the car, we would have lunches for top tens. You know, that was a big deal. And I didn't, no, I didn't. And, you know, we set, Matt and I always set, what's a 10-year plan? What's a five-year plan? What, how are we going to be better? What are we going to do to be better? And when you look back on what Blake Cook and Ryan Truex did for us, that helped us be better. And I know, you know, we can say whatever we want to. Well, they should be, still be in a car. The cars are better. It's not about that. It's like, you know, I mean, I don't crew chief no more, right? Like, it's, it's things that you look at that, okay, this particular moment, with those guys made us better but no i had no idea that we would be this big i mean we brought six cars to daytona this year no it's a, i think we have 130 people here you know i mean just in employees so no and i look at it and thank goodness gracious that's a bunch and then a fun one you got some instagram followers out there what's your deadlift max 
My deadlift max was 305, I think. That's not bad. No, it's not bad. I failed on like 320, I believe, um, which I should have been like 315. And we talked about this earlier. I'm super... I'm super healthy because I was 340 pounds, and I knew I had to get healthy. Then when I lost weight, I really put a lot of effort into my physical fitness, and it's just fed through our race team. I, I, we have a lot of people in our race team that's lost a lot of weight, works out, and does things that makes them healthy because you want them healthy. So I do that for other people and myself. I, it gives me gives me an hour or so out of the day just to get away from everything, and um, I've worked out on the road as much as I could. Today's my off day, thank goodness, but it's um it's something I love doing. And one day, everybody can follow my my life and understand that yeah, AJ gives me crap all the time about putting workout videos up but what i do that for is so people can see that it doesn't matter your size your age you can scale you can do things to make you healthy to make you work out the way you need to work out so that's that's a big reason i do it so it 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 is about myself but also trying to make people understand that you can do it i I was at the gym yesterday and i was watching um, and here in port orange crossfit let us go in there and it was a lady working out and and i'm sure she's not happy to be in the gym like she you know she's working herself down and working out but I think about that I remember that day where I, I couldn't do a jump rope um so those things are why I do it and I, I you know I talk about smile a lot and, and that was me and then my communications team thought it was great to stick with it and you know people don't like to smile I mean they think everything the world's coming to an end it's a bad day and if you just take a moment to smile at yourself or smile at somebody man it just makes you so much more happier and um some days you don't want to smile but you just have to because it, it's you have to do the things for yourself, and that's why I do work out, and that's why I work myself out, and I, I motivate the people in the gym. I try to do that. We grew our 5.30 a.m. class from three people, and I think it's averaging about 15 to 16 people now at CrossFit, 5.30 a.m., and that's a lot of fun, and, and I take that because social media did it, right, the, the people on social media and loving what we do. So, yeah, keep following because my Instagram is a lot more fun than my Twitter because I – my stories get kind of crazy sometimes, especially when my wife and I, Tammy, will be might be drinking or something, or you never know what might happen. So, but um, no, thanks for asking because it means a lot to me about my fitness, and you know that's that is key to my life. Now I went an extra belt loop today, so I was pretty excited. That's always exciting. Yeah, that's always exciting. How much weight have you lost? So I'm, I've lost over 100 pounds. Um, over 100 pounds. My body fat is, I mean, way down. You know, you didn't check your body fat when you was 340, but my physical fitness is uh, it's on the A plus side, and the way we 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 they dictate that is how fast your heart rate comes down after it gets high and then comes down. So I'm on the A plus side, which is good for heart diseases and all that stuff. And that's um, that's something I'm proud of. I've been doing a bunch of uh, studying on how the cancer stuff and stuff like that. Uh, fasting is one of the ways that I've been working here lately, trying to get my stem cells up and stuff like that. So I don't put all of that out there, but that is. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm well over 100 pounds, and, and my body fat's way down. So one day, it took me 48 years to post a picture without my shirt on and even take my shirt off, and I did it not long ago, and um, I'm super excited I got abs. I didn't know I had them. They were always <laughs> back there, but it was under some fat or something. Well, Chris, I appreciate you taking the time with me, and I wish you wish you luck this year. Well, thank you. I appreciate you. and ha- Make somebody smile today. It's good for me. That's the plan, man. That's the plan every day. Once again, that was Chris Rice with Mr. Dalton Hopkins. Big thanks to Dalton for letting me play that interview. I I really do appreciate it. And um, big thanks to Chris Rice for taking almost 
probably half an hour. I mean, it was a great interview, trimmed it a little bit. There were some pieces that had to get cut out, but hey, no harm, no foul. It was it was all good, and it was beautiful, an absolute beautiful interview to listen to. With that being said, I'm going to be diving into a guy that I also love to chat with, that being Mr. Steven Stump, who was on the ground at Auto Club. Not going to be on the ground this week in Las Vegas, but we are going to be diving in to las vegas steven it feels like this track was not as welcoming to drivers in the very first couple of years after they repaved but now with the heat with the uh weather and it's kind of dried up the track and and gotten some um just some groove so to speak feels like this is a driver's racetrack and last year we were all saying what's going to happen what's going to happen and it was such great racing what is it about Las Vegas that drivers like so much besides, you know, just Las Vegas in general? Well, I think also an important equation to add is the next gen car, which has greatly right. helped the race on the intermediates. And, and as, as you kind of said, generally a lot of times when you pave a racetrack, it takes, it takes years for the pavement to wear in. And so just like, just like auto club, it's fairly worn out and that, and that allows drivers to have more mobility, around the racetrack and run different lines and that in and that in that sense makes is what makes it a driver's track the ability to run not just in one line and have to rely on like say bumping someone out of the way or having them make a mistake in order to get by i i personally love that last part it's it's a multi-groove track if you want to run on the high side you can run on the high side if you want to run on the very bottom we're not going to see people run the apron like we did in fontana but if you want to run the very very bottom you, you can run the bottom if you want to run the middle you can run the middle there is three lanes that you can choose if your car is best suited for one of those three Pennzoil 400 coming up. Before we dive into there, let's dive in to this race last year. It felt like it was going to be Martin Truex Jr. Martin Truex Jr.'s race to win. A late caution. Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., they were battling it out. But when it was all said and done, he snuck into another win, is what Rowdy Bush said about Alex Bowman winning it last year. Dramatic overtime, two-tire pit stop with basically nothing to lose and you know what they gambled they rolled the dice and sin city was a very very nice to them with that being said steven who are some of the guys that you're going to be keeping your eye on for this upcoming pennzoil 400 in vegas so um las vegas went to two dates in 2018 and in the 10 races since ford has won half of them And in fact, actually, Joey Logano is the only driver since 2018 to win multiple times at Las Vegas with three wins. He's also led the second most laps in the last 10 races behind Kevin Harvick. But really, I don't I don't completely know, because like in the past two years, there's been all different. There's been all different kinds of uh, teams and manufacturers showing up. Uh, 2021 spring, it was Larson dominating at the end. The fall, it was Hamlin who pulled away at the end 2022 spring. It was Gibbs at the end until the last pit stops. And in the fall, it was Chastain versus Logano and Logano got by by having pressure tires. So, I mean, and considering that this is a brand new season, we only have one race to go off of, I guess with the way, with the way auto club went, I'd say that Chevrolet, maybe like Larson again, they have the upper hand, maybe Bush too, but that's the but that's the beauties. Like sometimes you'll have no idea what to expect going into the weekend, and I think this is one of those weekends. For me, a couple of guys I'm going to be keeping my eye on. Obviously, he was really really fast this 
past weekend, I got to go with the guy that I'm looking for being Ross Chastain. I mean, the guy led 83 laps, really put Team Trackhouse on the on the map saying we're not going to be 15th to 20th place teams that run there every single week. No, we're going to be battling for races. We're going to be battling for wins. And you know what? They definitely showed that there. I mean, they were very, they contended for the win, unfortunately, a little too late. Um, and then his teammate, Dana Suarez, got in that incident on the backs, or should I say, on the front stretch with Chase Briscoe. Um, but still, I've loved what I've seen out of Team Trackhouse. Another guy that I'm keeping my eye on, keeping my eye on the number eight car. Kyle Busch running triple duty, running the 10 car for Cog Racing, as well as the 51 truck. And I know that he wants to take home not one trophy, not two trophies, not three trophies, but he probably also wants to take home uh, Brexton Bush's uh, Bandolero trophy as well. So he, he's hoping the Bush boys can go four for four in his home si- his home city and his home state with their home track. Without further ado, Stephen, let's dive into our little dark horses with the top five or the top 10, maybe even a top five. So my friend, who who do you got as a dark horse this weekend? So, I mean, it's also hard to, it's also hard to think of dark horses at the moment be with 19 winners in 2022. And likewise, last in last year at Las, Las Vegas, uh, it was Ross Chastain coming out of nowhere to dominate. And so track house is not a dark horse anymore. Likewise, Suarez was also very good at Las Vegas in the fall. Um, and then obviously we didn't, we weren't really sure what to expect of Kyle Busch in the eight, but they're here. It would not be a surprise to see them. So for Dark Horse, I'm going to go with Bubba Wallace. Um, okay. Towards the end, towards the end of last year, he was really good at the 1.5 mile tracks, um, one at Kansas, among others. And although Toyota wasn't particularly great at, at Auto Club last weekend, he was actually running re- really well. He was running close to the top 10 for most of the race, except he had engine issues towards the end that knocked him out of the running. So given how he performed last weekend, I'm going to say that he gets a top 10 or even a top five this weekend. I'm going to go with a guy that finished fifth in the fall or the, yeah, the fall. If even Las Vegas has a fall, it's second summer. I don't know what they call uh, the fall in Las Vegas because I'm pretty sure 95 or 80 degrees or 85, 90 degrees is not fall. Um, But I digress. I'm going to go with the guy that finished in the top five in the second Vega race. Um, I'm going to go with the guy that's been really, really, really bad this season. Two races, two wrecks. I think Chase Briscoe gets the job done. I think he is going to get a uh, top 10 and maybe even will steal a top five come on sunday steven i'm gonna have you go first who's gonna be your pick to win the third race of the season my friend hmm i mean i wish i could choose more than one but i'm gonna say larson and the reason why is because he's been fantastic at las vegas since 2021 and he was also very fast at auto club i mean it's kind of hard to forget because he was running 15 laps down the entire time and no one noticed, but by lap times, he was also one of the fastest cars. And for example, he had, he was the fastest car 22 times, which, which, and which was the second most of all drivers last weekend behind Kyle who had 20, 23. So if they have that speed, I think he's going to be the favorite for next this weekend. 
for me, I'm going to go with the guy that I almost gave away my pick when I was talking about him on on ones to watch for. Finished third in the springtime, finished top five in the fall, led laps at both of them. Ross Chastain, I think, is going to get the job done. I saw so much progression of team track us already in year two than I saw from year number one, not only one cars in the top five, but both of them. So not only do I see Ross Chastain winning this race, I also can see Daniel Suarez contending for a top five. I'm, I'm, I'm big, big, big on the team track house train, probably not going to be driving the team track house train, but you can definitely, uh, you can definitely tell that I have a spot saved on probably one of the middle aisles on the team track house train you got larson i got ross chastain we want to hear from you friends who is going to be winning the pennzoil 400 in las vegas check out our twitter at the brian nolan we're going to check out steven's twitter as well at steven underscore stump that is s-t-u-m-p-f steven underscore stump as well as frontridge at frontridge once again at frontridge steven let's head on over to the checker flag with some final thoughts and wrap it up my friend Checkered flag, here I come. Oh, no! Final thoughts are in the air. Steven, my friend, whatever you want to rant, rave, or anything in between, my friend, the floor is yours. I mean, this early in the season, I don't know if there is too much to say at the moment because, again, you only have two races to go off of, or as Kyle Busch would say, you only have one real racetrack to go off of. So, I think... I guess the takeaway so far is that obviously Chevrolet looked Chevrolet looked incredibly good. They won the manufacturer's title last year. If they're going to defend it, they look so far they're doing just that. But uh, I think it'll be probably in the next five, six races that we'll probably get an idea of who has it and who doesn't this year. For me, I'm going to go back to what we talked about and the end of basically an era. For Auto Club Speedway, this was one of my favorite tracks. It was one of my first tracks that I ever got to cover. Probably the closest track besides Portland, and that only hosts the Xfinity Series for me, that I, I get to go to as, quote-unquote, my home racetrack. Obviously, Las Vegas may be closer, but I've been to Auto Club the most amount of times they started in 1997 and that original winner was jeff gordon obviously you had the likes of matt kenseth jimmy johnson carl edwards smoke harvick kyle brad larson truex i can go on and on and on the thing is though after the repave it was downright dreadful it was not fun to watch and it was just just uneventful especially when they had two races however the past three to four years especially the past two years with alex bowman getting the job done and then with kyle larson has been absolutely incredible. We continued an awesome, awesome tradition with Kyle freaking Bush getting the job done. Now, obviously, I love short tracks. I really do. However, I'm I, I can't get behind this saying, yipty freaking do, we're gonna get a short track when they're demolishing a track that doesn't really need to be demolished. And according to Adam Stern, Sports Business Journal, who came out on Tuesday. It says CBRE Investment Management announced today that it has invested 364 acres of land located in Southern California's Inland Empire uh, at Auto Club Speedway. The project will feature highly functional, larger scale logistics buildings. So instead of a great racetrack, we're going to have logistic buildings. I mean, we're going to have distribution centers for Amazon, for Walmart, for UPS. So much for that entertainment center that NASCAR has been saying that they're going to have. 
No, are we going to see a short track? I doubt it. I mean, with all the hurdles California has to face and everything, just with all the permits and everything, I hope I'm wrong. But for Auto Club, what a way to go off. Three spectacular races, and I, for one, am definitely going to miss it. Once again, big thanks to Mr. Steven Stump. Steven, um, you cook up a fantastic array of statistics every single Tuesday night. Comes onto the site late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning. What else are you going to be cooking up in the chamber for content for our readers at frontstretch.com, my friend? Um, th through the Auto Club weekend, I got some interviews with Parker Kligerman and Sam Sammy Smith. One so of my favorite guys. Absolutely love that. Um, I have not talked to Sammy, but I love, love, love that you chatted with Parker. One of the great, great guys. Not just a good guy. He's a great guy. And you'll never see him without a smile on his face. Even if he had the worst day in the world, he will always have a smile on his face. Super happy for him and that he's getting a full time. So I'm looking forward to reading both of those interviews. You can, once again, you can find Steven on Twitter at Steven underscore stump. You'd find me on Twitter at the Brian Nolan. Coming up, we got a great group, great slate of guests, got a great slate of pods. We got a great slate of content this upcoming weekend. Listen to this. Mike Bachman is going to be off this week, so yours truly is going to be hosting Through the Gears. I'm going to be live in Las Vegas. What better place to talk about gambling than Viva Las Vegas? Myself and my compadre, in which Tom Bowles is probably scared for his life, and Mr. Michael Massey is going to be with me. We're going to be talking gambling, our picks, and more from Las Vegas. And then we're going to be covering all three races from Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Last but not least, Stock Car Scoop is going to recap it all, and then we're going to be back with you guys one week from today to recap all the latest in Sin City and then get you back to some regular scheduled programming, this time a mile race at the upcoming finale, that being in Phoenix. For Steven Stump, I am Brian Timothy Delano, and thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk with you later this week as well as next week here on the Front Trench Podcast with Brian Owen.